beginning to look a lot like Christmas. So I am told I haven't left my basement in eight whole months and I'm becoming one with mold. <laughs> hey, Phil. Na, 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 na. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Welcome to the Pod Charles Cinecast, presented by the Prince Charles Cinema. This is your host, Jonathan Foster, and I am in a happy, jolly mood because this week we begin Christmas. And with me here is my little turbo boy. Phil, the how's it going, man. Phil? How are you doing, <laughs> Phil? <laughs> turbo man. <laughs> I have enough with the turbo man. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm okay. Better now that the holiday season are upon us. Yeah. It's both the worst, best time of year for me. Yeah. I like I like Christmas, but like when, you know, seasonal depression mm-hmm. and all that, you know, dark at four and it's fucking cold all the time yeah but by the pretty light mm. <laughs> that's it that's the only <laughs> balance yeah man I've, i'm right there with you i was i was uh i'm you know i've been saying it the last couple of weeks i'm right there in that seasonal depression i'm i was there i was there in halloween <laughs> that's when seasonal depression started <laughs> with me baby that was a month ago that feels like it was yesterday <laughs> <laughs> and also five years ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can't believe November is almost over. Did you have a good Thanksgiving at least? I did. I did. Mm-hmm. We had a big old brick of a... You can get this veggie turkey lug thing. Ooh, okay. And I'd never made it. You, you cook it in the oven and it's like wrapped in plastic and it's really weird. You leave the plastic on. So it's like it starts to melt and you're like... Wait, uh, is the plastic just really? gonna melt into it? You, you like pi- you like pierce the film, and then yeah, okay. um, like a TV. Dinner. But then after, exactly, and then but it's wrapped and it's got like metal clips at the end. It's like it's like I've I felt I wanted to like buy an extra one to have just a protection because you could fucking knock someone out with that if someone broke into the house, hit him with a frozen mm-hmm. turkey log, they'd be done. <laughs> um, but no, once it's cooked, it like you unwrap it and you realize, oh, it's been actually cooking underneath, and it's got all the griddle marks and stuff, and and then you slice it. I got to kind of carve a turkey. I've never yeah. done that because it's not it's not a real turkey, but mm. I carved the slice in. Nice. And boy, was it too much food. <laughs> That's we the point. We regretted it really quickly, but <laughs> we ate like four and just like didn't move for the rest of the day. It was, yeah, it was great. That's pretty. That's pretty good. I mean, that's kind of like how how my day went, sort of. Except we actually did have meat, but I got a chicken instead of a turkey because uh, we waited really last minute to decide that we actually did want to get meat because we haven't been eating meat a lot. Mm-hmm. I got a chicken because the turkeys were all frozen at my local shops, and we didn't have enough time to. Ain't enough time. But yeah, we we had chicken though. It was good. It was probably was it like a little chicken. Yeah, a little little mini. Little mini, like a full hand, thing. little Cornish hen sort of. I mean, it's a little bit bigger Aww. than a Cornish hen, but it was, it was good. It was probably better than what a turkey would be. But we made a lot of food. It was way too much food, and we've still got leftovers, which is awesome because I love leftovers. That's the best turkey part about turkey sandwiches. Yeah, yeah. Well, I made yeah, a bunch of yeast rolls, so I've got. I just have little mini, <sighs> mini turkey sandwiches, little mini chicken rolls, chicken mini rolls, chicken ones. <laughs> That's not banging. Yeah. What do you have on the side? 
we did stuffing. I'd never, we made stuffing, never done、mm. that before. We did cranberry, we did mashed gravy, veggies on the side, and mac and cheese as well. Mac way too cheese, much.、Okay. Way too much. What did you do? We had all of that, as you mentioned, minus mac and cheese. We had、uh, deviled eggs. Oh, I made.、Uh, oh, oh, yeah, we had some green bean casserole, which is good. It's not really a thing that you really find around here. Needs parts, but it's a solid little、mm-hmm. side dish. <laughs> and then we also had.、Uh, I make I make these things called sausage balls, which that's what I call them.、Uh, they, <laughs> but they were they were veggie. TM. You could you could do veggie sausage balls, but you get veggie sausages or regular sausage. Smush them all up. You have bisquick, which is like a pancake mix sort of thing in America. Pour that in、Ooh. there, and then put some cheese in there, and then you like mush it all up. Put a little bit of milk, and then、uh, yeah. Make it all like into little sounds, little golf balls,、oh, good. and then you bake them, and they are <laughs> fucking amazing. It's one of the best things ever. Something my dad used to make when I was a wee boy, and he taught me how to make them, and I've been making them since. It's part of tradition.、Um, Thanksgiving sucks, you know. I understand it's a stupid holiday, <laughs> but hey, I li- like I said last week, it's nice to be together with family, have a good time,、exactly. not think about、uh, fucking presents and all that stupid shit, and.、Uh, Yeah, I just enjoy. It's it. a little bit nicer than Christmas, actually. The same like thing of like it's all about being grateful, but without the pressure of having to buy shit for everyone. Yeah, yeah. That's why I said like when I was talking to you when we first、uh, start chatting was that like I felt like the holidays were over. I felt like Christmas was over because it was a really、yeah. nice day and Thanksgiving kind of felt like Christmas for me, and it was like really cool. And I was like, oh, sweet, like. This is a really yeah, good day. I really needed this. I've been working a lot. I needed that day off, and、uh, it felt like、mm-hmm. the holidays. And then now it's over. But then I'm kind of like, oh yeah, Christmas is coming soon. So maybe I'll get another little period of time, a little more soul of time to myself, that I can have a good time. And、uh, that's all、Christmas、we really begun. Begun. <laughs> oh boy! I've told you、has. my tree is up. The lights are up. I am fucking ready. We're doing the Christmas movie. We're banging out Christmas、nice. music. It, I am ready. I was wearing my light up jumper earlier. Not wearing it now. I don't know why. <laughs> Let's just pretend I am. I'll wear it next week. We're gonna do a lot of the Christmas episodes. Yeah, every、uh, week. Let's take that out. On until <laughs> the end of time. We're a Christmas podcast. It's a Christmas podcast from now on, guys. Get used to it. Yeah. It's the Santa Claus and the cat. That work. No, get the prince, Claude, and the car. Sure. Fuck it, I don't know. Sure. <laughs> well, speaking of the Prince Charles Cinema, hey, big news this past week: London officially is announced for Tier Two, which means the cinema will officially be reopening again. The reopening again. Re reopening again, our grand reopening again. This Thursday, second time to charm. The third of December. So hey, we got actual stuff to talk about this week on the podcast. Throw us for a loop, why don't you? No way. As we have been shouting out about the last couple of weeks, we will be opening back up with screenings of David Fincher's brand new film Mank, about the life of Herman J. Mankiewicz. And the problems he had with Orson Welles during the production of Citizen Kane. And speaking of Citizen Kane, we will be screening the Orson Welles classic from 35 millimeter as well. Both of these films will screen all week long from Thursday 
Tickets are available at PrinceCharlesCinema.com. But hey, Phil, that's not it. Because what else do we got that week? We got fucking Star Wars. It's the Star Wars. Yeah, it's the it's the, the Star Empire Strikes War. Back Wars. Star Wars Empire Strikes Back finally hitting our screens after being canceled due to lockdown too. And it's going to be here when we reopen in December. We should do an episode. Yeah, we should do an episode. Oh, fuck. We already did. <laughs> Go check out the... Uh... <laughs> Third one. I don't know what's going the on lockdown joke, everybody. I really need to get some water. <laughs> Go, get, Go some. get water. Sorry, guys. <laughs> We have Star Wars. Rehydrated. Our strength back screening mm-hmm. all week. We rehydrated. We're ready to go. It was canceled during lockdown too. And uh, yeah, it's going to be back. And also when we reopen, Phil, what is going to be going on? It's going to be December, which means what? Uh, it means the year is nearly over. It means um, the harvest will be plentiful. It means... Um, the wolf will shine in the moon. Um, Christmas? Christmas! At the PCC! All week long, from Friday the 4th, we'll be screening the likes of It's a Wonderful Life, The Muppets Christmas Carol, Home Alone, and... They give you stuff whiplash. We'll also see National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation on Friday the 4th. Oh boy. Ooh. How the Grinch Stole Christmas on Sunday the 6th. Oh my. That's almost We finally get to find out how he... How did he do it? How did he do it? How did Probably he? with the help of his helpful dog. Yeah. And then... I think. What's around the corner? It's the shop around the corner. Monday the 7th. You oh, know, You I know that, that other Jimmy Stewart Christmas film, you know? And then... Oh well, yeah, actually, the Philadelphia story. I know. <laughs> Love, <laughs> love actually on Tuesday the 8th you know everyone's favorite Christmas movie everyone's favorite movie ever hate it hate the movie <laughs> we got Little Women 1994 on 35mm and Satoshi Khan's Tokyo Godfathers both on Wednesday the 9th and by god the biggest Christmas classic of all time it's Tommy Wiseau's The Room on Thursday the 10th out <laughs> of a bitch <laughs> we can't escape we can't escape just when I thought I was out there, pull me back in again. You see that news? Godfather. No. Godfather Coda. Yes, and you fucking know what that means, bro. You know what that means? We have to know do Godfather 2 really quick we so that we to. can do Godfather Coda. <laughs> I'm actually psyched to see Coda. Godfather 3, trash. And I want to see I want to see new if version. it's better. But you know what that also means, Phil? That we have to watch godfather 2 we have to watch godfather part 3 the bad one and then we have to watch coda and then because that's how turn it into a four-part series turns into a four-part series now listeners out there before i get into what else is playing this week because that leads us into the rest of this episode i will say that there was a little thing that dropped out that we talked about last week on the podcast there's a new show we have going on um and a new network it's called breadcrumbs And 
yes, it's a thing that we're doing. Me and Phil, basically, we talk a lot of garbage and nonsense during the recording of this podcast. Uh-huh. And a lot of that gets uh, what we're good at. cut out every week. And I decided to stop cutting it out. This You're getting, <laughs> getting unfiltered John and Phil conversations. Or so we will lead you to believe. Unfiltered. Yo, that should be my Twitter name. Unfiltered. Unfiltered. There you go. That's a great name. I'll write it down. Write it down. I'm try it later. It's probably taken, but write it down. <laughs> probably definitely taken. <laughs> oh, unfiltered, but like the fill it with a one. I don't know. Maybe it's myth, myth written. Myth spelled. Continue. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and uh, yes, we created this new network called Breadcrumbs, which also includes a podcast called Breadcrumbs, which is out now. The first episode dropped. It's about. Drake Campana. Who's Drake Campana? I don't know. You can find out if you look up breadcrumbs. Follow us on social media at Breadcrumbs Pod. You can find out everything about who Drake Campana is and all sorts of other little fun details each and every week. We're going to keep dropping new weird episodes. It's going to get weirder and weirder because that's kind of what Mm. happens when Phil and I get together and talk. It's just weird. It's a weird time. Uh, A lot of weird edits, (laughs) uh, fun stuff. And it's a new thing that we're just trying to do because we like doing podcasts and we like creating new material and shows for you guys, which means we're going to have more shows because I said it's a network as well. We're going to have more shows, which includes one that I'm going to sort of hint at where like over on patreon.com forward slash the PCC podcast, myself and Ariane are over there doing a thing where we running through the whole series of fast and furious films. But Hey, what if we had, more of those sort of things happening where we were going through other series. What if it was franchises? And I don't know if the Godfather series would appear on the PCC podcast. Maybe it will actually appear over franchise podcast. So we'll see where that goes. I'm putting that out there in the ether. Maybe eventually that'll start stirring up. We'll figure out what happens. There's a lot going on here. Maybe Ariane's podcast will come out of retirement and join the network as well. Maybe some more podcasts will appear. Maybe other friends will have shows that appear. We're just trying to create something really fun, a lot of fun content, something we really enjoy. So if you like us each and every week, head over to at breadcrumbs pod on Instagram and Twitter. Follow us. Uh, you can find us at breadcrumbs on all podcast apps. I don't know what they're called. iTunes. Spotify. Yeah, we're all you good. We're all good podcasts are sold. Yeah. Yes. At the time. It's a fun time. I hope people follow it. This is the time I'm thinking of it. It's actually a real test of uh, how much people like us. Not a good way of thinking about it, but you know, if they like us, just follow us over there. (laughs) Yeah, follow us into the unknown. Yeah. Because there's no safety net. There's no safety net. Just us being weird. And it, yes. it, it's fun though. Talking good, about weird It's a good stuff. time. Come on, jump ship with us. It'll be fun. It's like Noah. I'm driving myself insane, creating more work for myself. So why not join <laughs> me over there in my plane of insanity that I've created? You know, hey, there we go. You still doing tall talk? I forgot to do one yesterday. <laughs> I think I've God canceled. Damn it, myself. John. Yeah, it was supposed to be a daily thing. I've uh, messed that up. Cancelled. Cancelled. <laughs> I cancelled myself. But yeah. Anyway, back to the show. That's not all. The show in this week at the Prince Charles Cinema. Because on Friday, the 4th of December, there's only three tickets left. And why am I telling you that? Well, maybe one of the people out there listening is one of the three single people 
that will snatch up the last three <laughs> tickets as of recording of this podcast for a film that we're about to tell you about. We will pump you up this holiday season with the Christmas film on steroids. Pump you up. You up. <laughs> with the Christmas film on steroids and it's our topic this week. Phil, what is it? Well, it's a jingle all the way. Jamie! Alien Predators. Inhuman Terminators. Nuclear Terrorists. One man has conquered them all. Now, he faces his most fearsome challenge ever. To buy his son the most wanted toy in the nation. On the day before Christmas. But this time... It'll take more than muscle. It'll take a miracle. <laughs> I got the last one, sucker. <laughs> this is war. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Jingle all the way. The comedy that separates the men from the toys. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Workaholic father Howard Langston, played by Arnold Schwarzenegger, wants to make things up with his son, Jamie. Jake Lloyd. I wonder if he'll become someone someday, oh, shit. like a year later. And wife, Liz. Yeah. Rita Wilson. Hey, I love Rita Wilson. He promises to get Jamie the hottest toy of the holiday season. It's the Turbo Man. It's Turbo Time. It's Turbo Time. Even though it's Christmas Eve and the toy is practically sold out everywhere, as Langston hunts down the elusive gift, he runs into Melman Myron. Hey, Sinbad. Another father out on the same quest with the clock winding down. Langston's moral code is tested as he starts to learn the real meaning of Christmas. It's the 1996 Arnold Schwarzenegger-led holiday family classic, Jingle All the Way, from Brian Levant, who is known for directing Beethoven, which we talked briefly about last week that was written under a pseudonym by John Hughes. We have to talk about Beethoven. Problem Child 2. Oh. <laughs> He also did both Flintstones films, The Flintstones and Flintstones and Viva Rock Vegas, which great, great. Oh, I'm I'm down. I'm down for it. Whatever, man. Let's go for it. And that's definitely going to be on franchise one day, isn't it? (laughs) He he did (laughs) the fucking Flintstones movie. He did uh, Snow Dogs. Brian Levant. With this, which is kind of sad. What a man. Uh, <laughs> Phil. What a man. Hot takes out the gate. Where are we at? On Jingle All the Way. That was, that was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't help 
but really love it. So ridiculous that you can't even make fun of it. It's like you can you can yeah. shit on this movie all you want, but it's not like it's not aware of what it is. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. Is the movie where Arnie, you know, Arnie punches the reindeer. Yeah. As soon as that happens, you're like, all bets are off. But it's a ridiculous movie that it like so glorifying the like commercialization of Christmas. Yeah, definitely. But it's quite relatable because mm. of that. Yeah. Like every kid had that sort of, you know, every year that that big toy, I don't know what it did the amount of touch, but when I was growing up, I remember what it was. And if it was like the Bud Light ear or the Elmo or the mm-hmm. N64 or whatever. Um, so that's really fun. Just sort of tapping into that bit of childhood. But this movie, the it's, just worth watching because it's elevated by having three of the greatest comedians on screen at the time, which yeah. is Arnie, who's way funnier than anyone gives them credit for. Definitely. Then Bad at the f- top of his game. Love him. And fucking Phil Hartman at the just like <laughs> the slimiest fucking. <laughs> Bachelor dad next door, <laughs> yeah. who just spent the whole movie hitting on Rita Wilson yeah. and love yelling him. at his kid. He's so good in this film. <laughs> oh, great. I love it. Oh, love to see it. Yeah. What about you? What's your take on Jingle All the Way? I'm, I'm right there with you. I mean, this film is completely bonkers. I mean, it's a reason why it's got sort of like a cult following. Uh, even though it feels like it was sort of a hit in its own little right, you know, like in its own right, it was a bit of sure. a hit, a holiday classic. It's kind of like one of these things that gets shown a lot and people are aware of it. It's not like this weird little thing that just kind of went under the radar. People, it's a hit, but it's also got a cult following of people who are like our age, who are adults who go see it and laugh at it because they like watching like Arnold Schwarzenegger films and have a good time. And it's like, <laughs> it's a thing that gets shown at the cinema you know, it's sometimes it's like a quarter long or like a beer and pizza night. It, it, you know, it's just it's a fun Friday night, Saturday night type of film, which is why it's shown on a Friday sure, night dude. at the Prince Charles Cinema. Fourth of December, there's only a couple of tickets left and they're single seats. So if there's a single person out there that wants to see this film, go get your tickets before they are all gone. I hope we could convince you. Yeah. I just feel like it, it really hits the nail on the head for like the ugliness of humanity at times. Like with, you know, the... <laughs> Last Literally minute shopping did. on major holidays, especially now that like them dumping over each yeah, other. Now that like you, you know, it doesn't even need to be last minute shopping; maybe early shopping because like Black Friday, Black Friday has started to find its way over here. If anything yeah. that was good about this stupid virus was that Black Friday probably just had no chance of being a thing this year. Maybe people will forget about it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just shop online. What's wrong with you? You don't have to go kill yeah. an old lady for a TV. Seriously, I I feel like this movie. We'll get to it, but it's uh, it's actually <laughs> a lot more solid than I think people give it credit for. Like, really, a solid movie. Like through most of it, and then it jumps the shark right at the end. But oh, you have no idea. Yeah, <laughs> it still. I think it sort of like maintains a really nice, a really nice sort of thing. Like you said, like Arnold Schwarzenegger is really funny. Rita Wilson's great. To be honest, the kid isn't that bad in this film. And I can see why they hired him to be in another film, which we'll talk about later. Uh, he's the only and thing then, I can't. Yeah, yeah. He's the only thing I can't I don't I think he's that stand, bad. But, well, yeah. He, he yeah. works. He's just like a yeah. cute kid. Whatever. Um, 
<laughs> and then, yeah, of course, Sinbad is amazing. I love him so much. I've loved him. I love it. Since I was a little kid, I've always liked seeing him in so many different weird TV shows that he would appear in, like, you know, a different world or then all the movies, like he did House Guest with Phil Hartman, who <laughs> Phil is Hartman. one of the best. Great movie. One of the best. I love Phil Hartman so much. Uh, and yeah, so this film, I, th- I feel like it, it, it deserves a little bit more credit. I'm, I'm, just, I'm saying if you watch it through and just kind of like relax, go with it, you're going to have a really fun time. And then it sort of, like mm. I said, jumps the shark and then you're going to be kind of like, oh, God damn it. But it's still a fun time. <laughs> it, really, it goes, it goes. I feel like we should remove, change, uh, jump the shark and we should just say go turbo. Yeah, and exactly. Yeah, that's what this fucking movie did. Terrible. It's like, okay, you're rocking, you're all in it, it worked, and then you're just like, oh, yeah. okay. And you should really see it coming because that's kind of how the film starts. Yeah, to be honest, exactly. With yeah. The big and it and then the movie becomes that, but it's so at that point it becomes a different movie. It's yeah, so, yeah. Well, it's cartoonish becomes unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, but it works just because of the big. Hulking Austrian man who can literally pull off anything. The Austrian. Because he's so likable (laughs) and so believable. Mm. And this all American dad, Howard Langston. Yeah. Who talked like this. Who talks like this. This is probably one of Arnold's worst for me. Like that I've, I'm like his accent just sounds ridiculous in this film. Oh, gee, gee, Myron. I, I think you're a good guy and all. Yeah. But, you know, it's a lot of that. Do you think, like, it's because he talks the most he's probably ever talked in a film in this movie? That it's like, <laughs> you know, because, like, most of the time, even if he's, like, the lead character. He has a lot of lines. He's, he's, a, he's not really, he doesn't talk that much, you know? And, and but that's what makes those lines funny. Like, when he gets into the fight with the kid in the ball pit. Yeah. And then he gets he gets run off <laughs> by all the mothers, and he's like screaming back at them, "I'm not a pervert." <laughs> yeah. It's the accent that makes it funny. Yeah, I love and what it's he's great. I just love it. I would take it. Yeah, I love it. The beginning when he's like on the phone, like making all of his calls and stuff at the part. There's like the office party and stuff, yeah. and he's like, "You're my favorite customer." He's like, I, I don't forget. You know. You're my number one customer. And don't forget. You're my number one customer. Yeah. And then, like, his I'm wife... I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. <laughs> and he's just like, and don't forget, you're my number one customer. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Liz. Oh, wait, wait. <laughs> oh, no. It just came out. I'm sorry, Liz. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like I'm just going to be quoting Arnie. Because <laughs> every line is quotable yeah, to me. Really just because of the accent. Like, again, at the beginning, he missed the kid karate tournament. And it literally <laughs> doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but he goes and like the kid's all upset and he goes into a room to his room and he find you know, it's like the he got a purple belt or whatever. He's like, Oh, is this it? Oh, this is really cool. And then he's like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I wear it like this? No, I like this. And he's like, Whoa! <laughs> and you're like, What the fuck are you doing, yeah. dude? It's amazing. He's so on board yeah. in this movie. And Definitely. I'm here for it. <laughs> I'm here for the Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> Christmas hour. That's what that's what jingle all the way. Yeah, definitely. It's his only Christmas film. Can't beat perfection. You can't beat it. He beat it. He beat it to a pulp. Uh, he beat Christmas to a pulp. <laughs> the film's original screenplay was written by Randy Cornfield, and it was inspired by the craze of high-demand Christmas toys like Cabbage Patch Kids, and in particular, 
Power Rangers. Because around this time, Power Rangers was a big thing. Yeah. And after witnessing his in-laws go to a Santa Monica store at dawn in order to get his son a Power Ranger, he was just like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. I remember that's what the commercial reminded me of. Especially that like little, yeah. like the bad guy's little minion. Literally, the they look like Alpha Five. Literally, Alpha yeah. Five. That's it. Yeah, you can see the Power Rangers influence. Do you have a toy like this? Do you have a, like you know when growing up and you're like, like what, oh, as a kid, did you really want that toy? Yeah, I mean, I was in the Power Rangers thing, uh, wrestling toys as well. Yeah, it was probably like uh, video game systems and stuff. Uh, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't remember. I remember there was a few things. Like I remember there was like a really popular doll that was like a, like a um, God, what was it called? Something buddy or something like that. But it, it wasn't like the weird thing that sort of inspired child's play, but it was like this weird, <laughs> this weird, like koala bear, sort of weird, strange thing. I wanted one of those. It was like, and I know sometimes they had them as like a suction cup thing that you could stick on your car. I can't remember what that thing was called. And then also I was really into Rugrats as a little kid and I wanted a talking Tommy. And uh, oh, I think I eventually got one. And then when I got one, I was just like, I feel like a little girl now with the baby doll. <laughs> I wish my parents, which is great. They got it for me, but I wish they would have like not have. I, I wish it wasn't I wish they much didn't. Of, no, no. I wish it wasn't as big of a thing back then when I was a little kid. Nowadays, it's not as big of a deal, which I think is great that like parents aren't like pushing gender norms on like kids and shit. But like back when I was a kid, it was sort of a thing. So I had that idea after I got this toy that I really wanted that I like didn't really like it because I thought it was a girl's toy, which is like sad. <laughs> That's really sad. Yeah. I just like, sorry, that came out of my head and I'm dealing with issues, obviously, on the podcast this morning. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to group therapy with john mm-hmm. this is what happens on this podcast when you ask me a loaded question like that did you yeah. have anything like that i mean obviously i i went it when i got older it was the video game systems i think you know but yeah i think i mentioned a couple earlier like the, i remember toy story being huge yeah yeah not the kid. Story for sure wrestling toys i wanted the wrestling ring mm-hmm. like they had like the raw ring that like you know you could put them on the step and you could hit a button and they would get launched into the air. <laughs> I remember that. that. Yeah, I was a little bit past wrestling toys at that, that was, point, but I remember the, the commercials. That was sick. I remember. I remember there were a few I didn't get. I don't hold any resentment, but I remember really like it, like uh, like a uh, light up trainer. Oh, okay, like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Healy or Healy. Healy's, yeah. You know, like shoot with the wheel. <laughs> no, I really wanted those. Yeah. Um, the last one I re- remember, and I'm probably too old for it. But I remember the last one being a big deal was the Wii. And oh, yeah, me and okay. my brother yeah, wanted that was to a big get one. That year. And that was sold out everywhere. Mm. And we drove around for hours looking for a store that had it. <laughs> and it would it was a, such a ball ache, but it would it's a nice memory in hindsight, just yeah, like driving yeah. around looking. Because sure. you're like you're you're on a mission and you're like looking for this one thing. Mm. Um, and you know we weren't but we weren't a shitty father who definitely should have just bought his <laughs> yeah. kid especially a toy when the wife told him to do it like <laughs> yeah it's like because one he thing care John that's the yeah. thing this is like the plain train thing right <laughs> yeah. it's the same thing it's the workaholic absent father why yeah. is that so common in American holiday movies and it, I feel like this probably happened every year in the Langston family yeah definitely you know what I mean he doesn't actually learn yeah 
It's funny that you said planes, trains, though, because I feel like the last few weeks in a row have been like very similar sort of films in a in a weird way. Like, whereas uh, yeah. we did Bubble Boy, and then that was a road movie, and then we did Planes, Trains, which is a road movie, but like a little bit more fun. It, but it was a buddy movie as well. And this one is it turns into a weird sort of anti buddy movie. Uh, and Julia was just like, "Oh my god, this is just like Planes, Trains all over again." I was like, "No," but it's the antithesis of it because like. Myron and you know Howard Langston are not going to like team up properly, even if they do, they it's not, not gonna last long. He wants to be on a team, <laughs> yeah. and he said no, and then he's like, That's racism, that's exactly what Jesse Jackson was talking about, oh, dude. So I love good. when Finbad first showed up in the crowd and he goes on this huge oh, monologue about how it's a conspiracy, you know, that we're tied up in that toy company that like advertise to the kids and undersell toys and like take advantage of deadbeat dad. And I love that scene because Arnie's not listening and you have to keep pushing him, like making him face him so he can do his monologue. And he's just like freaking out and getting bigger and louder. And he's like, and you buy the toy and you get out of these little pipes and it doesn't even work. And he starts choking like an old lady. And everybody's like, oh. Yeah. It's just great. It's just like, you just, I, to be a fly on the wall just to watch like Sinbad go. Yeah, definitely. It's just, it's gold. It's so funny. And the thing about that scene is like, he, even though it's probably, it, I feel like this film is probably like five to 10 years ahead of its time because I'll get to it later when I'm talking about <laughs> yes. the reviews, but I feel like he is spitting the most truths during that monologue and then <laughs> he, he goes off like he goes a little overboard when he starts i mean that's an understatement when he starts choking the woman but he is like 100 percent accurate yeah. throughout the entire time he's basically laying out the whole plight of the film like the problems that the <laughs> two of them will face throughout the rest of the film and he's 100 percent true it's like he's absolutely right it's like i can't fault what he says like about christmas and Cap- like capitalism and commercialism and all that, like the holiday, it's like, it's ridiculous. Like, like it's really funny. I'll get to a little bit more of that in a bit because you're going to be a little mm. bit more impressed with uh, Sinbad after something I'll tell you. But before I get to that famed writer, director, Chris Columbus, oh boy, who is known for things yeah. like Home Alone and yep. Home Alone 2 and the Harry Potter. We're in, it. And We're in the holiday he wrote, season. He wrote Gremlins. So he has some... He has some fucking clout in that whole Christmassy time. So he was attracted to the script, uh, experiencing a similar situation when trying to buy a Buzz Lightyear toy for his child in 1995. So the year prior. That's not saying. And uh, I definitely wanted a Buzz Lightyear. I got one that year. So maybe my parents like went out early. So I guess it was all good. I, 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 I got a uh, singing Woody doll. Mm. That was my thing. Yeah. I loved it. It had like a guitar and it would play the song. Nice, the that's movie. cool. I loved it. And I would wait until I had the Woody costume. I was a cowboy. <laughs> I was a very good cowboy as well. Yeah, I was I was Buzz and my sister was uh, Woody. So we, we dressed as uh, Woody and Buzz for Halloween. And uh, we, like I got the Buzz Lightyear toy. And my sister got the Woody doll with the pull string. It was great. There's a snake in my boots. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Again, spitting truth. Yeah. 
So Chris Columbus will go on to rewrite the script and he sold it to uh, 20th Century Fox. And Columbus was also on to produce the film. And he said he was always attracted to the dark side of the happiest holiday of the year. So he wrote elements of the film as a satire of the commercialization of Christmas. So you see that a lot with uh, Myron's big speech and then just sort of the whole idea around uh, the film and the plot of them trying so hard to get this toy and running into so many problems and how crazy everyone is over this stupid toy. Uh, Brian Levant was hired to direct and Columbus said that he understood the humor in the material. Levant said the story was important to me because it was between a father and the son. It's a story about love and a father's journey to deliver it in the form of a Turbo Man doll. The fact that I got to design a toy line and do the commercials and make pajamas and uh, comic books that was really fun for me as a filmmaker. They really did it. It's all over the movie. Yeah, they went all all over. He said, but at its root, the uh, movie's about something really sweet. It's about love and building a better family. I think that's consistent with everything I've done, which is kind of true if you think about like a lot of the films he's worked on. But uh, For sure, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know we pick. I actually do really like the uh, Flintstone films. They were really fun when I was a kid. And uh, Problem Child and Problem Child 2 are absolutely great. Great films. I love Problem Child. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Let's get into the cast. Obviously, we got Arnold Schwarzenegger as Howard Langston. So Arnold Schwarzenegger was actually signed up to star in Planet of the Apes, the remake that no way the Tim Burton remake that eventually was made by Tim Burton. Oh my God. He, this film apparently was supposed to have been made back in March of 1994. He was signed on all the way back then. And 20th century Fox was on board for that. And, uh, they continuously rejected multiple scripts for the film, including one that was written by Chris Columbus. Oh dude, that would have fucking slapped. Yeah. He left in late 1995. And Schwarzenegger soon followed him out the door, and then they both went on to do Jingle All the Way. <laughs> they dodged a bullet. Planet of the Apes, of course, will finally get made in 2001 by Tim Burton and Marky Mark in the lead. Marky Mark. Oh, boy. Man. A Planet of the Apes? What? Could you, no. <laughs> could you imagine Schwarzenegger and Planet of the Apes? That would have been badass. I would totally buy it. Could he do- he'd totally riffing off fucking whoever did the original. What the fucking name? Charlton, Charlton Heston. Heston. Yeah. It's like a modern day Charlton Heston, except without all the shitty um, NRA stuff. <laughs> you know, like yeah, just the shitty Republican stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think yeah. No, I'm annoyed that we never got that movie. I can yeah. actually like see it. <laughs> but we got this. We got yeah, this. We got this which is way better. Yeah. than a remake. It was. Planet. It was funny though, because like. When Ariane and I were doing our Showgirls episode, I discovered that like Paul Verhoeven at the time, Showgirls, roughly around the same time that this was made, had uh, wanted to make a medieval film about the Crusades with Arnold Schwarzenegger in the leads, but that didn't happen, and he ended up going off to make Showgirls. And I'm like, oh my god, I really want to see that Crusades film <laughs> with Arnold Schwarzenegger. It would have been amazing. We never got to see like uh arnie had like a king arthur type yeah i guess like so, yeah. conan but like <laughs> that would have been cool but you know in the 90s like though Pierre. you know like when he was already a star arnie the chameleon bro yeah arnie look this is the thing with arnie <laughs> he's just very good with his choices you know like for me 
growing up, it was always Stallone or Irony. Mm. That I loved both of them, yeah. and I loved their movie. And a part of me loved Stallone more as like an artist because he yeah. like wrote and directed a lot of his shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like in the nineties, and Stallone had some kick-ass movies in the nineties, yeah, like Demolition definitely. Man and Oscar. Um, and stuff on my mum will shoot. <laughs> and dread. I mean, these are all bad. But like, Arnie was just a little bit better. When he went into comedy, it was twin and it was kindergarten cop and it was this. Yeah. I mean, there was Junior, but we'll get past I junior. love Junior, man. I um, love it. And you know, when he, <laughs> yeah, when he went into sci fi, it was Total Recall and it was The Running know, Man. Terminator. <laughs> the Running Man. It just He was just a little smarter with it. And I feel like. Yeah, he just like Stallone always like missed the trick there. I think he got yeah, tricked into a lot of movies. Definitely, like Arnie tricked him into doing stuff on my mum. Because he was like, "Oh, hey. if you don't do it, Arnie will do it. It's gonna be huge." Yeah. If you don't do it, Arnie's gonna do it. I mean, there must have been a lot of that going on. Jesus, <laughs> definitely get um, tricked into doing a film because they say Arnold's gonna do it if you don't do it. And he's like, "Oh, uh, uh, Arnold's gonna oh, do yeah. it." I guess that's what's going on. What the fuck was that? Hey, I don't know what's going on, dude. It's about whether or not Arnold's going to do it. Because <laughs> if he's not going to do it, I'm going to do it. And keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. <laughs> Dread's a good movie. <laughs> I have to take my mask off. Because I'm too long. How will people know it's me? <laughs> I am the law. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger enjoyed this film though because he Good. as well having experienced last minute Christmas shopping himself was like attracted to the idea and he enjoyed the idea of playing an ordinary character in a family film which is yeah this is a very very different uh role for him but he he fits in it really nicely i have no problems with him i know he's got this like silly accent but i said through the first the <laughs> first like i don't know like three quarters of the film it's charming it's like a really fun silly movie julia was like sitting next to me and was like actually this is way better than i remember it being because it is not oh, okay. that bad it's like it's a silly movie there's a lot of goofy stuff in it but there's enough around it and arnie's pulling his weight and there's enough around it that's really like enjoyable like of course sinbad is postman myron larrabee he's so good in this film so producer chris columbus wanted joe pesci to play myron originally (laughs) don't tell me that (laughs) oh my god oh my god but then it's too similar to twin yeah this is the thing sinbad is like equal height yeah he is yeah so Chris Columbus deemed Joe Pesci too short. Who is, he's only 5'3", next to Arnold Schwarzenegger, who is 6'2". And then Joe Pesci sent him a horse's head. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Uh, but this is despite the fact that Schwarzenegger had already previously appeared in, in two films alongside the even the shorter short Danny DeVito. So I don't know. They should have just got Danny DeVito. Yeah, they should have. Done like a trilogy. <laughs> It was uh, it was actually Arnold Schwarzenegger's agent though that suggested Sinbad, but the producers felt that he was unsuited to play the role of a villain because they thought it would like harm his sort of clean and family oriented comedy act and reputation that he had. And Sinbad thought like that the character would actually generate the audience's sympathy rather than hatred. Like yeah, I said, not a bad guy. I 
I felt it when he was talking. He, it was like he broke me out of it when he choked the lady. But like <laughs> when he was, <laughs> he was talking, I was on board. I was like, dude, you're right. He's absolutely right. Yeah. And then later, there's a lot more stuff when yeah. they're at the bar and they're drinking and stuff at the at the diner and they're drinking. Yeah. And Sinbad starts talking about the toys that he wanted and how his father was a deadbeat and didn't get him anything. And like that whole scene so sweet. And his neighbor with a like, billionaire. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah. Sinbad, though, actually missed his audition, though. Uh, he was traveling with First Lady Hillary Clinton and Sheryl Crow on a USO tour of Bosnia and Herzegovina. Good excuse. Chris Columbus just like waited on him. He was just like, all right, let's do it. But when Sinbad finally yeah. showed up for the audition, he apparently thought he screwed it up so bad that he like apparently told his brother that he was thinking of giving up show business, which is like, insane that's so sad uh but the thing is like i said something that was going to impress you is that sinbad improvised a majority of his lines in this film it fucking felt like it because it's so so good yeah he's amazing in this movie like apparently arnold schwarzenegger improvised a lot of his responses in the conversations that he had with sinbad but that means that sinbad is like a ring general in wrestling and was like carrying Arnie through this whole entire film. Calling an audible. He's just calling yeah. it in the ring. It's amazing. I don't like, it's crazy. Though. It's like, it, it's amazing. It's impressive because it's not like improvising. Like, I mean, most American comedies now are like, like they are use improv as a crutch, right? They get like a bunch of funny people and they just do a lot of isolated sketches. Yeah. And they string it together to comedy. But he's improving within context. Within the story, <laughs> yeah. within the character, everything yeah. he said is on point. It makes sense. It's not random. I mean, there's a few pop culture references, but everything he's joking and yelling about is adding to the story and yeah. adding to his character. Like it's really, it's like <laughs> said, that's really impressive. Yeah, and pushing Arnie. Yeah, I wonder if he like improvised the whole better. story about the gun. You know, the the Johnny Seven gun. Seven, seven yeah. guns and what? <laughs> It's so good. Oh, it's a grenade launcher. Boom! You know, at the very end, when you're all out of options, it was a handgun. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Arnold's wife in the film, or Howard's wife, is Liz Langston, played by Rita Wilson, who's great in this film as well. There's not much info about her in regards to like this film. Literally, I couldn't find much at all. But I mean, we know her from. She's just kind of that there. thing you do. <laughs> She's Tom Hanks's wife. She's great. She's really good in this film. It's just good. sort of being the mother who's at her wit's end with Howard. But she actually <sighs> just really loves him. But then she has this creepy fucking neighbor guy <laughs> who's always like. She's constantly like rolling her eyes at him. And I appreciate that she never. She never indulged him. Yeah. You know, she never like goes along with it. She's like rolling her eyes and then like pushing his hand away and then fucking smacking him with the hot coffee. <laughs> yeah. and shit. When he obviously takes it too far. Yeah. But just like, who is this guy? I would, you'd freak out if you're like calling the house, some guy fucking answered and he's there eating your cookies. Snack time! Snack time. Quarantine. Lockdown. Here we go again. Lockdown. 2.0. <laughs> <laughs>
What did you welcome. say, Phil? <laughs> did you say something about cookies? Because cookie, put that cookie down. Put that now. cookie down now. <laughs> We each have cookies, line. it appears. <laughs> a cookie. Yeah, I have half a cookie. Yeah, half a cookie. Because I didn't want a whole one because it's fucking midday. Yeah. I have a sort of cookie. cookie you got, bro? A very holiday style Aww. cookie. A little gingerbread man <laughs> with that's a very cute so, face and a bow tie. Oh, adorable. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> From uh, Tesco's. Uh, Bakery department. <laughs> it's sort of a cookie. I felt like Liz was making uh, gingerbread men in in the backgrounds, you know. So she's making sugar cookie, and you should be paying more attention. Well, yeah, but there was like obviously some gingerbread <laughs> men in the background as well. Uh, <laughs> sure, 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 whatever sure. you say. You know, whatever you know. All right, so how's your cookie? Yeah. What kind of cookie is it? What are we dealing with? It's a chocolate chip cookie? I got cookie? a Sainsbury's. Yes, bro. You know me. Mm-hmm. I'm classy. It's a Sainsbury's taste a different Belgian milk chocolate chunk cookie. Cool. How many this chips is are you a favorite of mine. I get these all the time. How many chips mm-hmm. are in chips. it? No, how many chocolate chips are you How many you chunks this? are in it? Am I giving it? Yeah. Um, probably a five. Five, nice. Five. That's That's... Perfect. Cool. Probably the first time you've ever given anything a five. I don't know. Like but, a real five. Yeah. I think I've done a jokey five before. Yeah. All right. I don't know if this is going to be good or not. This gingerbread man. Um, he does not have. How any, do you eat a gingerbread man? I'm going to eat head his head off. I'm going for the head. <laughs> like you goddamn know. monster you are. You know that. <laughs> Um, solid cookie right there. It's um, it's not bad, but I'm gonna have to give it one <laughs> because really? it doesn't taste like much. Anything? It doesn't taste much. <laughs> I mean, there's like a little not gingerbread. There's a little bit of a ginger taste that's kind of coming. It, like, you know, an aftertaste, but it's not strong. It doesn't hit you like really hard, like a gingerbread cookie should hit you. So, yeah, gotta give it a one. Uh, I'm sorry, but wow, dude, that's you know, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. <laughs> oh, um, okay. So, <laughs> Howard Langston and Liz Langston have a wee little boy who they're trying to get the Turbo Man action figure. He is played by. Jake Lloyd and uh, Jamie, who Jamie is a kid in the film. Jake Lloyd, he he would go on to play Anakin Skywalker <gasps> in Star Wars. No, Episode baby, Darth One, Vader, the Phantom Menace. He literally gets shots called for him because you know in the film when I, I love this scene as well. Because all right, so we get to the big parade. He wants to go to the big parade. His dad's let him down throughout the whole film. And he's just like, you got to come to the parade. That's all I want you to do is just come to the parade. You dad's, promised. His dad's just not there the whole day. And he, he shouts at him on the mm. phone. They're like, have a big argument. And his dad's been out looking for the toy. He doesn't know this, but he's just been at work all day. Yeah. You know, he thinks. And then mm. finally, 
finally, it's revealed that his dad is the Turbo Man <laughs> at the parade after all this craziness he, he is goes the Turbo on Man. that we'll talk about in a bit. But he goes, you see, Jamie, <laughs> I am your father. I, <laughs> I am your father. And he called and he goes, the biggest no. shot in the world. <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> Little kids screaming. Bro. Yeah, man, it's amazing that he would go on to play Anakin Skywalker. But that's the last time you ever really see him. He's in this film, and then he's in Phantom Menace, and then Jake Lloyd, I think, got arrested or something as an, as an adult. I don't yeah, know. it's probably for the best, man. Dude, I don't want to shit on this kid, but he's awful in this movie. Like, I can't stand it. Like the one thing, and then I don't know why. You know, like kid actors have to be like at least fucking cute. They have to be like Macaulay Culkin, yeah. and this kid is neither cute nor talented. And he just every line he said, it just sounds like he'd memorized it. He just doesn't look like you know. There's like you can see the cog turning between every facial emotion. Everything is so. Forth, and he's just annoying and whiny and this and it's just like I don't know why he was in two big movies like why like why him why was it his turn and it ruined his life so I don't even feel bad about like you know calling you know fucking taking my shot yeah well I'm very apprehensive about stepping into Star Wars again because I know that's where we're going and like we have a whole film yeah. with him like a whole film <laughs> With a them. whole film where he's the lead. Yeah. Like that awesome, you know, dueling lightsaber battle, Ray Park. Da, 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 yeah. Da, da, da. yeah. The whole Ray Park is uh Darth Maul thing. Like that can't I'm save that. a film where we have this kid <laughs> basically whining throughout the whole entire movie. So True. and he, he I don't might know. not be the worst thing. Yeah. But it's the worst thing in this movie. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know what's going to happen with Star Wars. <laughs> it will happen. Probably on another show. <laughs> yeah, probably another show. All right. So let's get to it. One of the, but if it's between him and Sinbad, one of the best parts of this movie is Phil Hartman as Ted. Oh, my God. Oh, I love Phil Hartman so much. He's just so good. Yeah. You may know him as. Troy McClure and Flynel Hut. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he came up with a lot of his own backstory for Ted, apparently. He said that Ted is a guy who sued <laughs> his employer for headaches caused by toner fumes and now hangs around the neighborhood and helps all the housewives. <laughs> yeah. When he was asked about like how he was kind of pigeonholed in Hollywood, Hartman added, well, Ted's another weasel to add to my list of weasels. <laughs> 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 oh, I mean, it's okay. but yeah. what do what do you think is happening in that little coldest night they live in is he like screwing around with all the wives on the neighborhood or is it like he's like the handyman he like helps everyone out because they keep they show they show up they give him like pies and warm yeah. freshly baked cookies and they, um, they ask him to come around so with that it's the insinuation that he's like messing around with all these women I like think he's he the is. only bachelor in, in the neighborhood yeah, he's obsessed with the one woman he can't get because she's married to Arnie. And if that's the case, why would he mess with someone married to Arnie? Yes. He could snap him like a fucking twig. Yeah, and he, he knows that. But the thing is, I think... He does know that. You can't bench press your way out of the <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
<laughs> I think the thing with with uh, Ted is yeah, exactly. Like because they they make you know mention of the fact that he and his wife are no longer together. The he did say he was divorced, right? Didn't the didn't his Keith son divorced, Johnny yeah, the kid's say he like, was divorced? He's like. Yeah, it's yeah, like, like, oh, you should get divorced, like my parents. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the mom's not in the picture anymore. It's not that she's dead. She, they're just divorced. But anyway, they. so yeah. I think what <laughs> happens is literally he's going around and he's playing He's playing the field. He's he's hooking, he's, you know, doing favors, hooking up with all the housewives. Uh, but the thing is, Rita Wilson as Liz is the forbidden fruit. It's the thing he's not uh-huh. supposed to have. So he's the the one with the husband he can't, you know mess with and he yeah. wants it the most so he's like obviously just going for it hardcore <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's, he's so funny he's such a slimy little, little shit. piece of shit in this film it's so yeah. great he plays it perfectly he's like snib- he's like Ned Flanders but like if Ned <laughs> Flanders had a set and was just like the biggest fucking dick ever you know like because like he's he plays analogy. like hey diddly d neighbor like that sort of vibe yeah but then he's like, <laughs> he's like, mm-hmm. I'm going to get into a house. Yeah. And yeah. Let it, you know? Yeah. It's great. Take care of a kid and eat a cookie. Then, you know, do <laughs> put the star on the tree. You decorate <laughs> the house. Like I would, again, I would, I, I get that he only, he doesn't, he doesn't give a shit. But yeah. me, someone who takes pride in that, I would be so angry. Yeah. I would have <laughs> tried that bad. <laughs> Well, in complete contrast to the characters of both, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Rita Wilson, they got along with Phil Harmon really well on set because you could tell everyone loved yeah, being in this movie. They they all thought he was awesome and they considered him him a delight to work with. And Phil Harmon also helped entertain the two young boys. You know, he had his son, E.J. De La Pina, who played son Johnny. And then Jake Lloyd, he would entertain them because they were getting bored and stuff. So they'd be like in the car you know, Waiting shooting all day. And uh, he would just sing them silly songs that used a lot of potty humor. One of the <laughs> songs that he sang apparently had the lyrics, you make my butt shine. The more you kiss it, the more it shines. The clock is ticking. So keep on licking. Oh, how you make my buttock shine. <laughs> oh, Phil Hartman, what's a treasure. <laughs> I'm assuming that was... Uh, Song like you make, you make my, butt my butt shine, shine the more you kiss <laughs> it. No, that doesn't work. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> like I said, my though, only butt shine. <laughs> I absolutely love Phil Hartman. Like we've we've mentioned Troy McLaurin, The Simpsons. He played a bunch of other characters. He was in SNL for many years. He's in a lot of great films, but like always the sort of bit roles. He was in Conehead, so I married an axe murderer. He was the lead in House Guest with Sinbad. I already mentioned that. Okay. He was in Small Soldiers. That was one of his last film roles. Anyway, just a crazy movie. underutilized character in his career. And now it's time because I am an asshole who goes through uh, depressing times, a seasonal depression that I have to bring oh, you, you down don't to have my to level. Do that, do you? Uh, and it's time to make you all sad because two years after this film was made, Phil Hartman, who's amazing and so many people had nothing but nice things to say about him, was unfortunately murdered by his wife. It was after the pair had an argument. Yeah. She entered his room at around 3 a.m. and shot him while he was sleeping. And he was only 49 years old. 
still so many more years left on that career. And his wife had apparently been suffering yeah. from depression and she was on medicine like Zoloft and she'd been mixing it with alcohol and apparently cocaine. And she went to a friend's house and confessed that she did this. He didn't believe her. So they drove back together on the way back. She called another friend to tell them. And when they finally showed up to the house, the friend who went with her saw the body. He called the cops. The cops came to investigate. They took the kids out. And then the woman went to a room and shot herself. So. Oh my God. A horrible story. Horrible story. And th- I'm only saying this because, like, I myself at times, you know, I'm up, I get like all depressed and stuff. And I know it's a dep- depressing time of the year. And sometimes people get depressed this time yeah, of the year. Yeah, likewise. Just talk to someone, man. If you're like, you know, if you're unhappy, yeah, just talk to people, man. Like, reach out. Could talk to us. Talk Send to us. Send us a message. If you Send want. us a message. Yeah. It's fine. We're all going through this stuff. And I'm sorry if I brought you down, but I just like, it's hard to talk about Phil Hartman because I always think about this when I talk about Phil Me Hartman. Too. It's hard because I absolutely love him. And I didn't know about this until like probably a few years after it happened. Like I knew he had died, but I thought like in my head, I was like, oh, he died like from a heart attack or something like that and I had no idea but then when I found out I was just like oh my god that's so depressing and I don't mean to depress you but seriously it's like I don't know it's it's I can't it's like a it's, it's always there it's hard to to not talk about so I apologize Phil <laughs> for bringing the mood down but it not happens right. every episode so I'm because I'm like I said it happened life is depressing <laughs> Other members of the cast, we have Robert Conrad, who plays Officer Hummel, the poor man who just can't catch oh, these the bad poor, guys. <laughs> poor cop. Robert Conrad's a legend, though. He's a legend in Hollywood. He's in a bunch of old TV shows. He literally would have been a yeah. huge influence on Rick Dalton from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Like, huge influence. For sure, yeah. Old school Hollywood. Yeah. Guy. Uh, we had Chris Parnell, another Saturday Night Live, 30 Rock, tons of other things. He... First film role Archer. is one of the uh, laughing store really? clerks. This is his very first film role. I fucking hate those clerks. I can't stand those clerks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love the way it's shot. Oh That's what God. I mean. Like this film is fun, man. I feel like it's, no, it's it trippy, deserves dude. so much more credit because the way that that scene is shot, where they're all like laughing at him, and then it goes into the montage. I don't have much about music because it's just generic Christmas music in this film, but it goes into uh, the Christmas song, which is my all time favorite Christmas song uh, with Nat King Cole singing. And I absolutely love that song. And it's just a really funny, like, like his car is like, you have these like twisted sort of close up shots of these guys laughing at him. And then it goes into this montage of him going to all these shops and like, they are all sold out and his car is just going and the hubcap turns into a clock, you know, is like a fade in yeah. shot and stuff. And it's so good, man. It's, it's a really, really nice little It's like that shot in every TV show when like someone is trying to quit something <laughs> yeah. and they walk down the, they walk toward the camera and it just flashes a neon sign that yeah, the thing yeah. they're trying to avoid. Absolutely. Like an alcoholic and it's just like beer, you know, booze, yeah. liquor, drink. <laughs> That's what it feels like. Yeah. All right. So we have uh, Curtis Armstrong. Uh, I love Curtis Armstrong. He's from, you might know him from things like uh, Revenge of the Nerds, where he plays Booger. Uh, He's he's been in a ton of different like TV shows and films and stuff. Uh, He plays the chain smoking booster at the parade. 
We have Martin Mole as the radio DJ with the ponytail. He was from Clue, the Sabrina, the Teenage guy. Witch, and Gene Parmesan in Arrested Development. Is it because I'm a private detective? Gene Parmesan, how are you doing? Ah, Gene! Oh, Gene, isn't he the best? Gene was far from the best. Very impressive. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> that guy, it's, the ponytail guy, is full of it because he did promise them a toga man. He, he did. doesn't have one. It's ridiculous. He knows exactly what he's doing. Also, can you name all the reindeer? Oh, yeah. Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comic, Human, Donner, Blitzen. And then if you want to say, in the greatest one of all, Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer. <laughs> okay. Well, that was more yeah. impressive than, or not as impressive as I hoped it'd be. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, Robert Conrad is Officer Homo pulls um, Arnold Schwarzenegger over at one point and makes him do a field sobriety test. And then he tells him you to recite the alphabet and he goes, do it backwards. Z, Y, X. Can you do this? <laughs> w, V, U, T, S, R, Q, P, O, N, M, L, K, J, I, H, G, F, E, D, C, B, A. That's amazing. And I'm even better at it when I'm drunk. Hey, <laughs> hey, take that, sobriety. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm closing out this uh, segment of the cast members bit where we can talk about one of the funnier scenes is uh, the mall Santas. <laughs> We've got. Oh, Jesus Christ. Jim Belushi. Yeah. So we got the big mall yeah. scene, Mall of America. Uh, Arnie is supposed to get this ball. Which is it's just absurd. This whole scene, the whole thing. And he it turns got into two. Madness. <laughs> yeah. He got two. He's freaking out, and he goes chasing this ball. And there's like 25 next to him on the ground. He could have just picked up like three or four of them. But anyway, whatever. He goes chasing this ball, and then he ends up in like the big chase, following this kid. The ball somehow becomes ten times bigger, and the kid's just playing with it inside of a ball pit. Whatever. He gets beat up by the ladies. You've mentioned this already. And uh, then a mall Santa standing there with, uh, and is played by Jim Belushi with uh, Danny Woodburn as his elf Tony. So here we go, Seinfeld reference. We're gonna eke that in because this has become a thing lately. Apparently, yeah, uh, yeah Danny Woodburn yeah. plays. Well, we got another uh, one as well. He plays uh, Mickey in Seinfeld. So there you go. Uh, I love, I love Mickey. And um, okay. yeah, so this leads them to taking them to taking Arnie to a. Weird Twitch warehouse. <laughs> it's like a Santa sweatshop. There's yeah, something not Santa's very um, kosher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, Arnie calls into question the legitimacy of the operation when he gets there after he pays, what, $300 or $250 or something? It's like $300. He pays yeah. so much money. The chip. Yeah. and uh, For a knockoff toy. For a knockoff toy <laughs> that's speaking Spanish. And... When he opens up the box, it falls apart. <laughs> Let me get that for you. <laughs> which turns into a massive fight, which Arnie immediately takes Jim Belushi out by just pulling his beard back and smacking it against his face. And then he does that like that little backwards tumble. Great flip. Again, still, I, I feel like the film hasn't jumped the shark at this point. This is a great, this is a great fight scene. It's no, really funny. On. It's really funny. Uh, who showed up? Yeah, we well, we get, a, we get a ninja Santa with some candy cane uh, nunchucks, which is great. <laughs> Nunchuck. 
It's really, it's so silly, this scene. And then, of course, Paul, the giant white, a.k.a. Ah. The Big Show. It's the Big Bad Show. <laughs> he was the giant at this point, though, because this giant. was when he was still in WCW. Yeah, in WTW, right? Yeah, he was the When he giant. was son of Andre, and he, <laughs> you know, remember this shirt, Hogan? Yeah. Remember? Remember that time he got pushed off of the side of a building? And then he showed up later in the pay-per-view and still wrestled a match. That was great. Uh, <laughs> great. Don't you love early 90 WCW? Yeah, I love that so I much. mean, all early 90. I love, That's my favorite era of wrestling. WCW is great. I yeah. think people give it such a hard time. I mean, I know the later stuff is really bad, but like that time period, it's so hilarious, man. It's so fun to watch. Um, but yes, great, he was yeah. the giant. And he also appeared in another film around about the same time, like roughly as the giant before he made the trip to WWE. Do you remember what film that was? Wait, the big show did another Nike movie? Yeah. Oh, I'm usually good at this. He plays a wrestler. I have a clue. He plays a wrestler. He plays a wrestler? Yeah. It's not a big scene, but I mean... Oh, no, I can't. All right, so he plays... No, I'm... He plays Captain Insano in the Adam Sandler film Waterboy. Waterboy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Captain Pano showed no mercy. <laughs> yeah, when he laughed yeah. at him when he called him into yeah. the station. Oh, that's funny. I'm annoyed I forgot that. <laughs> I love that movie. And we also, not only do we get, you know, the big show, Paul White, in this scene, we also get an appearance the of little show. the little show, Vern Troyer <laughs> as the mini Santa. So here we go. Another reference. Back to back. From Weeks. Uh, just skip a week, but yeah, we get we get many me back in this film. He was uncredited in this film, and this was a year prior to Austin Powers, so this was before he kind of became a household name. And I lied. Of course, there's the biggest character of all in the film. It is Turbo Man himself, because yeah, they created a whole new superhero basically for this film. We talked about how they created new toys and pajamas and everything. They went all out. They created a whole new superhero. And obviously, a toy had to be formulated just the same. So the film's designer, production designer Leslie McDonald hired a special character designer to conceptualize Turbo Man from the ground up and to create an action figure component. And Tim Flaherty, who worked on things like Batman and the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, had also created designs for each of the fictional show's characters. So that's where we get these sort of like Alpha 5 looking guys and Booster and Mm. And uh, yeah, well, nobody liked you, Booster. Yeah, Dementor <laughs> as well. So, oh uh, yeah, the film was shot over eight weeks. Five of it was shot in the Twin Cities of Minneapolis and uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. And although Arnold Schwarzenegger stated that Minnesota locals were well behaved and cooperative, director Brian Levant often filmed filming <laughs> impossible due to the scale of noise of the crowds who came to watch the production because Arnie was there. I think. <laughs> Of course. Especially in the Mall of America. I mean, don't put a scene in the Mall of America. Yeah, seriously. It's just one giant advert. That's a big thing for the 90s, apparently, because you remember WCW's first episode, Monday Nitro? In the Mall, oh, God, mall of so America. Carney, yeah. Mall of America with uh, the Hulkaroo segment, which was amazing. Uh, <laughs> Pasta Mania, <laughs> my boy. Yeah, um, yeah but, <laughs> but overall... You know, he found the locals to be respectful and, and lovely people. The parade scenes, however, were shot in Universal Studios Hollywood due to safety concerns because it was pretty crazy. 
And it took three <laughs> yeah. weeks to film with 1,500 extras being used in the scene, along with three custom designed floats. Sinbad remembered it was 100 degrees on the day when he wore the Dementor costume and the water in his helmet started to boil. <laughs> Literally. All right. And then Arnold Schwarzenegger and then Daniel Riadan, who was in the Turbo Man suit for like the TV show segments. And they filmed that out in the desert. So it was really hot then as well. Mm. You know, they had the specially designed suits that ensured they had no trouble with the scorching heat. The process for creating their suits was like included, like molding it into wax, which then was cast into rubber. Reardon said that the, they built the suit in a way that it was like basically vest underneath that race car drivers use. They, they were very thin, like membrane vests that are filled with small plastic tubing. So that it's tightly coiled. Basically, if any like water s- sort of appeared like sweat or whatever, it kind of like yeah. was cold. And um, yeah, yeah, it just apparently felt amazing. He said the sensation was fantastic. <laughs> This I've sounds never pretty felt gross. it free. <laughs> um, but we have to talk about, I guess, basically that scene a little bit because this is where I feel like the film sort of jumps the shark. Okay. So Yeah, I I actively turn off during this scene. Phil, I have no problem with Arnold Schwarzenegger getting chased by the cops, so he ends up in the warehouse and then they like think he's the turbo man. And I think that's a really funny plot point. And he ends up dressing up as the turbo man and he has the on the float he's yeah. on the float he has the toy he gives it to his son it's really a cute moment the whole thing's really sweet and i'm fine with it turning into the big fight with you know we see uh sinbad stealing the costume from the dementor guy and it turning into a big yeah, fight i'm fine with that that's fine the whole thing's funny it's just <laughs> you ever see vertigo i mean anything to you <laughs> it, it the problem is the jetpack that's where it it's jumps the shark because the jetpack is where everything just fly. It's so silly. It's so silly. Like I get it. If it's a funny joke, like they made the joke about the jet, the, the last actor who couldn't make it. And Arnie was, they thought he was a stand in because he got injured and they think, Oh, we think he might show some brain activity. Like, you know, it's, that's funny, whatever. That's but, a really good sign. <laughs> but with that guy who's trying desperately to be Jim Carrey, it's really funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah that's that on but yeah I, I i it's just why not just use wires and it just be wires it could have been like perfectly funny to the hokey like hokey dg movie yeah it's so weird you could have had really fun time with wires even if you knew that it was on wires and they knew they were on wires and it was a whole gag of like getting caught up on things and it's just silly stuff you could have done that, it and it would have an actual superhero. It would have looked so much more point. realistic, though. Like it would have not been as silly. And I feel like they almost insult the audience's intelligence by like making you believe that they had a fucking jetpack that was functional and that he could do all this stuff. And it's just so you know stupid. I mean? like it's so stupid. You're reminded, oh, we're making a movie for kids, but that's the only bit that feels like it's just for the kid. Yeah. And it's like they're suddenly trying to actually tell you a Turbo Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's Arnie now. Yeah. Now it's a real superhero. Yeah. You could have done it in a practical way. Like he has to climb up the building and then Jamie falls and he has to jump and then they land in a float and it's all safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. You could, do it, you could do it in a way that doesn't, yeah, like you said, sort of. They went just, they overboard. Go a bit too far. You, could yeah. be, you have to, I get it. You have to like have the big climax with those two characters. Yeah. 
and the, and it ends in a really nice way, obviously, with him giving up the toy. Cause that's not what it's about. He got the real Toby, man. Blah, blah, blah. All that sentimental bullshit. But it is the flying because yeah. there's no real visual effects shot in that movie <laughs> until that point. And then you're like, what am I what watching? Is this? Just Arnie yelling. And it's green so screen. weird. It's so weird. Uh, mm. Okay. It looked great, though. It's very like Schumacher rubber. <laughs> yeah. like, no, the suit. That's what I'm saying. The suit amazing. looks amazing. Like, I'm fine yeah. with him being in the suit. I'm fine. It shouldn't be functional though. <laughs> yeah. I'm fine with the whole end scene. It's just like, I'm fine with it taking part. Just take the jetpack part of it out. Like yeah. he can pretend he has but a jetpack. You need jetpack and they rock him, yeah. you know. Like what if they, what if he's like, he thinks that like he actually does have a jetpack. So he like pulls out these things and he hits this button and then that just turns on wires and he just goes flying or something. You know, they just have like, a special thing set up or something. I don't know. Like, or it could have turned on like jetpack turned on, yeah. but jetpack, obviously it's so powerful. It just like jumped off his body. <laughs> he suddenly had nothing. Yeah. Put it back. Something like that. Like, been great. Oh, shit. Yeah. He got the boomerang that worked perfectly yeah. as well. Like, <laughs> We're living in a time now where one of the biggest, like weird stories that appears in the news a lot lately is the fact that there's a man out in California who keeps being seen near LAX airport by pilots and stuff and people who work at the airport flying in a jetpack but that's 2020 this was 1996 that this came out and there was no fucking working jetpacks back then especially not to the degree that they try to make you believe in this stupid movie <laughs> so that's where i kind of have the problem with it it just gets so silly but okay we move past that it in child <laughs> <laughs> we move past that that's where it gets really dumb and then it gets even yeah. sillier because okay i'm fine with the kid giving up the toy to Myron, it's a really sweet notion, but yeah. Myron's being carried away by police. He is a <laughs> he's not gonna he's be obviously <laughs> a black man who's getting carried away by police on Christmas who can't give this toy to his son. Arnie, the white man, <laughs> the American hero type character that they're portraying him as, turns around to the police officer who says, We could use a guy like you on the force, and it's all like, ha ha ha, I'm uh Sorry about that, officer. Ha, 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 ha. And then the yeah, whole film about the bomb. ends in a stupid everyone smiling. Ha, 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 ha. It's literally him being carried off <laughs> yeah. by a group of people. It's like the white privilege oh, of that. Man. It's ridiculous. Even Sinbad wow, smiling. Ruined. Oh. You've like ruined the ending of Jingle All the Way even more. You're right. I think that's what Sinbad was doing the whole time. That's what I'm saying. They, they completely jumped the shark at the ending. They had no idea what to do. They're like, fuck it. Let's let's go <laughs> wild. <laughs> oh, man. Well, the film opened in November of 1996, making $129 million overall on a $75 million budget. Critically, it wasn't received very well at all. Most critics were stating that Arnie tried his best, but the film fails to escape from the satire and the slapstick. Some felt that Sinbad and Hartman were great, but they were lacking material. It's like, what? That's what I think. I, I don't think the, I think the critics just weren't even bothering to watch this film. There is so much good stuff oh, definitely not, yeah. going on in the early part of the film. Uh, and a lot of critics seemed to be bothered with the cynical view of Christmas and also the whole satire of commercialism and thought it failed with its anti-consumer message. Again, I think this film was a little bit ahead of its time. I think it they would feel a little bit different if a film like this came out today. Because like 
year after year after year after year, you get beat on the head with these like horror stories of how horrible people have been on Black Friday, especially now in the UK. It's become mm-hmm. such a big thing here. It's horrible. And I think like the fact that it's so easy to shop online now, and I know like fuck Amazon, but you can shop in other places online. You know, there's plenty of yeah. places to shop online to buy things that you don't need to, you don't need to go to stupid shops and also, yeah, it does. I feel like it does really the whole commercial commercialism of Christmas and stuff. I mean, like it is a problem and I feel like well, I don't get why the, yeah. the critics were so hard on this film about that. I don't know, but whatever. Some parents and viewers were upset as well over the Arnie and Sinbad drinking scene at the diner. I don't, you know, parents be parents and, and they were also upset over the reindeer drinking beer scene. Could do what well, they literally have Jake Lord. <laughs> yeah. I love that scene. Oh my God. I'm glad. So do I. I'm glad you said that. Could I have a little, I have a little lift here. Yeah. If I may. Okay. Take a little segue. Go for it. Like top five thing and jiggle all the way that you couldn't do in a movie now. Yeah. <laughs> but apparently you couldn't do it back then either. Mm-hmm. One. Punching a reindeer slash drinking with a reindeer. Yes. Because probably encouraging people to drink with their pet. This is not the first time Arnie has punched an animal either because he knocked out a can- camel in Conan the Barbarian, I believe, as well. So. Well, Ar- Arnie hates <laughs> animals. I do we know that. Um, that the aforementioned choking woman uh, yes. in the crowd. That the whole bomb sequence. Yeah. Oh my god. With, I forgot about know, the bomb with sequence. the male. You know what I mean? Like he and he's like playing off the joke that like people sent bombs in the mail. Yeah, which was big in the nineties. And mailmen like going on going postal. Yeah. You know, threatening a bunch of people, and then it's actually a bomb, but not really because it just sort of blows up the cup can. It's like the safest movie bomb. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. And he 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 does a complete one eighty where he's like, "Oh, the thick world we live in." <laughs> The Rodney King line. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When they're trying to get the board, and he's just like about to pass out, he's like, "Rodney King, Rodney King." <laughs> just a little, maybe too much. Um, and uh, when he punches Vern Troyer across the room. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that could still. No, that's horrible. That's horrible. Yeah, it's literally it's just like pulling a little person from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like all the way across, and I think that's it. I mean, I have also flying around with the kid, like the kid falling from a building. I think <laughs> it's a little, just a bit too dangerous. Yeah, um, I think they would still do that. I mean, ov- obviously, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, obviously, yeah, obviously, I'm kidding. But those were all moments where, I'm like, some of those are legit, really yeah. weird. Yeah, yeah, some of those are very legit. Sorry. No, no, that's good. I mean, that's a good point because this film does a lot of silly stuff. And parents agreed. The parents agreed. Yeah. Uh, well, the parents thought that feeding the reindeer beer was bad, but I guess knocking out the reindeer isn't too bad, though, because I don't recall seeing anything about that being a problem. Uh, some of the critics also thought the film was only made to be as a tie-in for the Turbo Man action figure. Uh, but the thing is... Oh, maybe, yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger only signed up for the film in February of 96, and the film was shot so quickly, and they only had six and a half months available for merchandising time. Uh, so instead of that being like an ideal year, they usually have a whole year for it. So merchandising was limited and they only had like a 13 and a half inch replica, $25 talking Turbo Man action figure for sale. 
And then there was a West Coast exclusive Turbo Man Time Racer vehicle. There was no actual tie-in promotions to be secured for the film. And Chris Columbus dismissed the whole notion of this being a tie-in, stating that there was only roughly 200,000 Turbo Man toys being made. Uh, the merchandising was far less than the year's other releases, such as Space Jam, which definitely was a big toy seller, and 101 Dalmatians, damn, yeah. also a huge toy seller. So, Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. If you're going to give Jingle All The Way shit, you have to spread it around. Yeah, yeah, seriously. And it's also the film's release, like the release year, 1996, was tied into one of the biggest toy crazes of all time. Do you know what that toy was? You've said it earlier, actually. The Power Rangers? No. No. Tickle Me Elmo <laughs> was the big toy. Elmo. Right yeah. The Tickle Me Elmo was big. Yeah. Goddamn Elmo toy. And Pokemon is about to hit. Pokemon's like, about nobody to Nobody had money. One of the biggest, biggest, Kids biggest just going things creepy. ever. Yeah. See, I, I did a little quick look up of some of the biggest things of all time. We have Mr. Potato Head. We have... Tetris was a big thing. For sure. The Rubik's Cube. <laughs> the Rubik's Cube. <laughs> what a fucking disappointing Christmas present. <laughs> we had a lot of video game systems. Trivial Pursuit was big in the 70s. Uh, There's a lot of video game systems like oh. Nintendo 64. The Game Boy was a big one. Tickle Me Elbow was a big one. And then Pokemon was a really big one. And that's one of the biggest of all time, probably because of how many games they continue to make and how it just continues to be one of the biggest toys, you know, games sell, sold in history. So still going. Yeah. Okay, Phil, I'm going to close this episode off with uh, a story that continues to make an appearance on this podcast in some shape or form. And it's very funny that I felt Ooh. like I could not leave it out. Uh, do you want to take any guesses of what I'm Yay. about to say based on the history of this podcast and some some tropes that come up a lot when we're looking for uh, when, when I'm doing research and I'm delivering the episode? <laughs> I can't. The De Palma? It's not De Palma. No De Palma jokes this week. Sorry, oh. ladies and gentlemen. God damn. I wish. Um, no, I, you know what? I want to be surprised. Okay. Uh, so in 1998, Murray Hill Publishing Company sued 20th Century Fox for the sum of $150,000, claiming that the okay. idea for the film was stolen from a screenplay that they had purchased from a high school teacher named Brian Webster, entitled, Could This Be Christmas? <laughs> Any other worth title? Yeah, oh my God. of course. <laughs> they said that the script had 36 similarities with Jingle All the Way, including the plot, which in the plot, apparently it was about a white mother trying to buy a hot Christmas toy for her child and ended up competing with an African-American mother trying to do the same. So they gender swapped it. <laughs> <laughs> had a lot of similar dialogue and character names, apparently. Murray Hill president Bob Laurel bought the script from Webster in 1993 and sent it to Fox and other studios in 1994, but received no response and claimed that the idea was copied by Cornfield, who was Fox's script reader. So in 2001, Fox were found guilty of stealing the idea in order to pay $19 million, $15 million in damages, and $4 million in legal costs. What? What damages? Emotional damages? What damages cost yeah. $15 million? What is million? your damage, little boy? I still have to teach in high school and I don't want to. 
So they were supposed to pay this to Murray Hill with Webster, the guy who apparently wrote it to receive a portion. Bob Laurel, who was the president of Murray Hill, died a few months after the verdict and before receiving any money. And on the repeal, the damages uh, figure was lowered to $1.5 million, which, again, is a lot, but it makes more sense than $15 million. And before the verdict, cut down. the verdict itself was quashed in 2004 after the judge decided the idea was not stolen as Fox had bought Cornfield's screenplay before he or anybody else at Fox could read. Could this be Christmas? The classic Christmas hmm. fake out. Ha 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 ha. You thought I was going to say this was a stolen huh. movie, but it turned out it wasn't. Or maybe it was. I don't know. But that's. Probably not. Where we're going to leave you, ladies and gentlemen. That's a pretty generic idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying I'm sorry, fucking yeah. whoever that was. Yeah. I'm going to leave you with that, ladies and gentlemen. It's funny. Something to think on. Yes. Because uh, I got to pee. Think about it. <laughs> yeah. And we've talked longer about Jingle All The Way than I think we anyone ever had yeah, in the history ever of yes. the podcast. Yes. Ever should. Uh, so, yeah. On, on a final note, like I said, uh, I think Jingle All the Way is a fun movie. Go see it if you like silly Arnie films. I think it's a really fun film throughout most of the film, and then it jumps a shark at the end. But hey, what are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, Phil, final final thoughts, and where can people find you, and what are you up to this week? It's a uh, you know, the thing. It's a thing. That's all you need. <laughs> J- Jingle All the Way. I don't know. Kind of a. Christmas classic. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous and silly, but if you watch it on its level, it's actually a lot of fun. I agree, it goes too far at the end um, and it becomes everything it's making fun of, but I, I, I don't know. I like watching it around the time of year. It gets me in the mood. Yeah. It's one of those that just puts me in the mood. It's got all the right, you know, yeah. Christmas thing, in it? It's a really good Kickstarter um, for the holidays. Exactly. And that's what I'm up to. We, you know, I'm getting ready back into work yeah starting work Soon, this week soonish I'll, I'll start this time next week next Saturday next I think Saturday. my first shift back nice um, sweet but yeah so I'm enjoy Christmas I've, we've done all the decorating the tree and up the lights are up got another little tree in here we've got the you know the stockings are up little figurines are out got the you know snow globe I'm fucking ready Christmas Nice. And no, oh, I'm just gonna be watching like Christmas specials and Christmas movies, and you know, oh, you know, hugging myself, <laughs> <laughs> rocking back and forth. And you can find me at Fireweight on Twitter and in real life, and Dog Nightmare on the gram on the Christmas gram. Yeah, and maybe you'll find him at Unfiltered eventually. <laughs> yeah, I'll let you know. Yeah, let us know. Yeah, cool. And also, you can find me at Tall for All, T A L L, the number four, E L L, on Twitter and Instagram, and my band's page on Facebook. As always, we love you know hearing from you guys. You can hit us up at the PCC Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, or you can pop us an email at podcastprincecharlescinema.com. And like we've been saying, check out Breadcrumbs at Breadcrumbs Pod. We're doing a lot of fun things. We got a lot of fun ideas. We love to see if you guys want to join us over there. In the meantime, you can hit us up at patreon.com forward slash the PCC podcast. Support the podcast $5 or more a month. You get bonus episodes. We've got a fun list of things that we're kind of wanting to work through, like finishing up this Fast and Furious series where we've got some other fun ideas. Maybe we'll do some Christmas episodes in December. Uh, and on the main timeline, we'll do a lot of fun Christmas stuff as well in the next couple of weeks because it's Christmas time. And last year, I didn't get to do hardly any Christmas films because my computer broke and I'm making up for it this year. 
because it's working. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and, yeah, prayers. and prayers. But uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about some fun stuff in the next few weeks. So yeah, stay tuned. We love you guys. And, uh, You're our number one customer. <laughs> <laughs>